Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm gonna show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Year, session number 471. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. And welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode, I have a solo episode looking at the new AAMC data looking specifically at the applicant and matriculant stats for this newest cycle that they have data on, the 2020 applying to start in 2021 cycle. The Fauci effect, was it real? Are MCAT scores soaring? So many posts I've seen fearful of what is to come. And hopefully after today, I will help ease some of those concerns. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to talk about the MCAT Minutes brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. To best help you with your MCAT prep, the first thing you should do is create a plan. Go to blueprintmcat.com, sign up for a free account, and you'll get access to their amazing study planner tool. When you put in when you're expected to take the MCAT, how much you're planning on studying, and everything else, the Blueprint MCAT study tool will tell you specifically you should be studying this here and this here and this here and taking these practice exams, including the AAMC practice exams. Go check it out. Again, blueprintmcat.com because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com. So I wanted to do this episode because I saw a Reddit post that says thoughts on the data from the AAMC they posted the link to the data and they said, the data is wild to me. And the first the first comment here I see is average GPAs up to 3.81. And some emojis that are like, oh, please, God, no, I don't want that. But let's talk about what the data means and how you should potentially think about it. Now, I'm just a, an N of one. I'm just one person here looking at this data, hopefully easing some of your concerns when we look at it. But the first thing that I want to look at with you is table A 
16. This is the MCAT scores and GPAs for applicants and matriculants to U.S. MD granting medical schools 2018-2019 through 2021-2022. Now, the 21-22 is a little bit weird because this is people who applied in 2020 wanting to start medical school in 2021. So I'm not sure why they have 21-22. They have a little footnote that, that kind of explains it. But let's look at total applicants for each of these last four years. 52,777, 53,370, 53,030, and then 62,443. Oh my gosh, we saw more, more, almost 10,000 more students apply this last cycle than the cycle before or almost any cycle in the last four years. The Fauci effect, it's real, it must be. And I've talked about this Fauci effect crap before, and I wanna lay it straight. I think the Fauci effect is BSPR from the people putting out this data and potentially some others out there, some some other 'er ne'er-do-wells who are trying to capitalize on, ooh, look at this interest in medical school. Ooh, it's going to be more competitive. Ooh, you should work with us. And and let me put a caveat. I know I have services to help students get in. I didn't talk about the Fauci effect. I think it's BS. Here's what I think happened. You had students looking at medical schools potentially saying, we are not uh, needing or requiring an MCAT this cycle. And students were like, cha-ching, cha-ching, no MCAT, score. I was going to take a gap year to study for the MCAT. Now I don't have to, and I'm going to apply. We saw students trying to take advantage of the situation, apply, and ultimately be rejected. Why? Because when we look at the number of students accepted, it wasn't that many more students, right? There were a couple new classes here and there that opened up. But when we look at matriculants year by year, we have 21,622, 21,869, 22,239, 22,666. That final number maybe portrays where this data is coming from, the people there. So you don't have a lot of new matriculants, right? And maybe you knew that. You're like, well, obviously there's not gonna be a thousand more seats, two thousand more seats, ten thousand more seats for the ten thousand more students that applied. What happened was students rushed their application. They said, if I can take advantage of applying now and not need the MCAT, I'm going to do that. The way that the AAMC spun the Fauci effect was that, oh my gosh, all of these sociology majors woke up, all these hospitality majors woke up one day in the middle of the pandemic and, and, and realized, oh my gosh, I love Dr. Fauci. I wanna to apply to medical school. I have no idea what OCHEM, BioCHEM. I don't know what prereqs are. I don't know what the MCAT is. So I'm just gonna to apply to medical school and see what happens. We all know you can't do that. That's not, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. So those who could think logically was like, what, is, what do you mean the Fauci effect? You don't just wake up one morning and apply to medical school out of the blue. You have to plan for it. You have to, it takes a long time to be able to figure out what to do and how to do it and write your essays and, and all of this stuff. 
people rushed their application, people who were already on this path who wanted to not take the MCAT. That is my take. Now, it would be cool to go back and go survey everyone who applied and and ask these types of questions. Obviously, we can't do that. We don't have that data. But that is my thought. Let's look at the, the MCAT and GPA scores for each of these years, these last four years, and let's talk about what the data means. We have mean, right? Mean, average, mean, average, not median. We have mean MCAT scores, total MCAT. 2018-2019, These are for applicants, 505.6, 506.1, 506.4. And then we see a drop, 505.9. What does that drop mean? Well, it probably means someone who didn't score well on their first MCAT, who was planning on retaking it, taking a gap year, taking another gap year, however many they're, they're in, and deciding, oh, no MCAT, I'm just going to apply with my crappy 490 MCAT score, knowing that I, I, if I applied with them requiring it, there's no way I would get in. But if they're going to waive the MCAT, I have a chance. That is my take, right? Again, it's my guess. It's my hypothesis that that's what happened. Now, I don't know how they're doing the math here. Maybe there were people who applied without an MCAT score. And, and those numbers stayed in the denominator, however they do the math here, and that's what brought the score down? I don't know. My guess is that they probably ignored the people who didn't have an MCAT score for this data. And those who did have an MCAT score, the score dropped because students weren't retaking the MCAT and applying with a more competitive score. So that's the MCAT. So the MCAT didn't freak people out, at least for applicants. Let's look at matriculants. MCAT for matriculants. The mean, 2018, 2019, 511.2. 2019, 2020, 511.5. It went up 0.3. 2020, 2021, it stayed flat. uh, 511.5. And then it went up again, 2021, 2022. It went up to 511.9. So it went up 0.3 from 19 to 20. And then 0.4 from 21 to 22. 0.3, 0.4. So not a huge difference. The outlier is the 2020 to 2021 where it stayed flat. Students are looking at this number going, oh my gosh, it's getting harder to get into medical school because the MCAT score keeps going up. And I don't think that's how we can, how we can actually interpret this number. You could look at it and go, oh my gosh, it's harder. It's getting harder and harder and harder. But I want you to potentially think about it a different way. What I think is happening is the same thing that has happened with step one scores and potentially why step one went past fail is students realize the importance of the MCAT and are taking every potential advantage, every opportunity to find resources, both free and paid resources, to do better on the MCAT. We have UWorld MCAT, Blueprint MCAT, Kaplan, Prince and Review, Sketchy, 
all of these companies are out there creating more and more and more and more resources for students to do better on the MCAT. You have new MCAT test prep companies popping up seemingly every day. One student scoring well on the MCAT going and starting their own test prep company going, come work with me. You have Anki. You have other kind of uh, flashcard companies out there, space repetition flashcard companies out there creating decks and everything else. And, and it's getting easier to share decks with other people. It's getting easier to share resources through Reddit and Student Doctor Network or Facebook or Discord or wherever. It's getting easier to share this information. Students are more understanding of what it takes to do better on the MCAT and they're more understanding that the MCAT is important. And it's hard. And to do well on the MCAT, no, just kidding. You have to, you have to study. And I think students understand that. I'm hearing more and more from students that they're taking a gap year specifically to take the MCAT outside of school. They want to finish their undergraduate degree, take a gap year, study for the MCAT. More students are doing that. This is the problem with looking at numbers and going, oh my gosh, it's getting harder to get into medical school. I guess you could say that, but that's not the story, right? You, you, can't, you can't come to conclusions based on a number like this. As a physician, you can't come to conclusions based on one number. You have to ask questions. You have to create hypotheses. You have to test that hypothesis. So my hypothesis is students understand what the MCAT is more and more and more and more. They understand that the MCAT is an important variable in this whole process more than they used to. They have access to more resources, including free resources like the MCAT podcast. They understand what it takes to do better on the MCAT. And they're rearranging their world and their life to allow themselves to do better. Now, we can talk about privilege that allows that to happen, and I think that's a big part of the discussion that needs to happen and why I think the MCAT obviously skews towards those who are more privileged doing better. That's a whole separate discussion. But I think the thing that we can't take away from this number is it's getting harder and harder and harder to get into medical school. I think for the privileged people who can rearrange things and can buy all of the very resourceful, expensive products and services and tutoring, they're doing that more and more and more because they realize the MCAT is that important. It's not getting harder to get into medical school. People are just doing better on the MCAT. You have to separate those two, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Convince me. Convince me I'm wrong. I'm willing, I'm willing to have that argument. So let's look, I, I want to look at step one data with you because step one tells a very similar story. Now, the data on Wikipedia only goes back to 2008. I didn't feel like looking further. When I was in medical school from 2005 to 2009, I took the MCAT or the step one in 2006, I believe. The average in 2006, I'm pretty sure was about a 516. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Looking at Wikipedia, the average step one score in 2008 was a 221. In 2019, 
the average was a 232. Up and up and up and up. Well, what happened? The same thing that I think happened with the MCAT. You have Sketchy, you have Pathoma, you have UWorld, you have all of these resources out there and students are getting more aware that step one is very important when it comes to applying for residency. That's step one score. Now, obviously with step one going pass fail, all of that is out the window and we're back to square one. What's going to be important? My take is that step two is just gonna replace step one and step two scores will continue to go up. There's a good Wikipedia article about step one and the unintended consequences of the weight put on step one when it comes to residency application. And that includes, if you look at it, students started studying for step one during their preclinical curriculum and increased the intensity of their study time until it reached a maximum of 11 hours a day over the period of a month before the exam. That's a lot of studying and a lot of stress. And that's what students are doing for the MCAT. They're starting to study earlier and earlier and earlier, and they're taking dedicated time, again, those privileged enough to do it, to study for the MCAT as a quote-unquote full-time job before the exam. They're pushing off the MCAT until they're out of school, so they don't have to take biochemistry and physics and English and whatever else while they're studying for the MCAT. We also see here, instead of relying on their medical school curriculum, the students instead focused heavily on third-party study materials. That's what I'm talking about. These third-party study materials, whether it's for step one or for the MCAT, are becoming more and more common. They're becoming cheaper and cheaper and free, like the MCAT podcast. And, and students are getting access to these things and doing better on the tests. Again, this is available for everyone except the more expensive products and services out there. We have better social media. We have better, better areas to congregate like Discord where students can get together and share resources and find study groups and do better on the test. That's where things are going. And again, I don't think you can look at these numbers and say this is causing medical school to get harder to get into. And I think what you're seeing is that the MCAT is becoming not easier, but the scores are shifting. And you can do a Google search for MCAT percentiles 2019, which is the, some of the data for what we're talking about. And MCAT, MCAT percentiles now, just, just MCAT percentiles. And I have both of the data in front of me. Percentile ranks, in effect, May 1st to uh, 2021 to April 30th, 2022. And what we see now is that the mean, the average is 501.5 now. The average then was a 500.9. And so we are seeing the applicant and matriculant, and specifically uh, the matriculant data this year, went up 0.4. Uh, and if we, if we want to look at it from the beginning to the end, 511.2 to 511.9, that matriculant data from 2018 to 2019 to 511.9, 2021 to 2022. In roughly that same time period, the average MCAT score for everyone taking it 
went from a 500.9 to a 501.5. It went up 0.6. So what we're seeing is people are getting better at taking the MCAT. That's my thought. We're seeing this shift. People are getting better at taking the MCAT. And things are shifting to higher and higher scores because people are getting better at taking the MCAT. Not because schools are getting more selective. You have to separate those things. Could schools uh, be getting more selective? Sure. But I don't think it's because of this data that we're looking at that the MCAT is now 511.9 as as its uh, average matriculant data. Okay, you have to separate those facts. Let let me go back actually and and get one, two, three, four years of average um, MCAT scores. So we have 2017 to 2018, 2018 to 2019, 2019 to 2020, and 2021 to 2022. <laughs> Where's the 2020 to 2021? Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll skip that one. We have four years of data here with one year skipped. If we go back all the way to 2017, the average was 500.2. Okay, 500.2. It is now 501.5. It's gone up 1.3 points. People are getting better at taking the MCAT. You have to think about what you're looking at before reacting and going, oh my gosh, it's getting harder. So as we're looking at this data, yes, scores are going up, but the average score for everyone taking the MCAT is going up because people are getting better at taking the MCAT. That's all. So there's still hope for all of you out there who are struggling with the MCAT. I talk to students day in and day out who are getting 505s and 507s and 503s, getting into plenty of schools. The MCAT is just one variable. Yes, it's a very important variable, but you can't look at this AMC data and freak out and think you need a 512, a 514, a 520 to stand out and get in to medical school. I'll end my rant there. I hope that was helpful. I think it should hopefully relieve some stress and give you some insight why these scores are creeping up and what that actually means. But I want to wish you farewell and wish you the best of luck on your journey. And I will see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.